The presidential motorcade had just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas and was circling through the fringes of the business district when three shots suddenly rang out. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. The FBI has ramped up its use of sting operations in terrorism cases, dispatching undercover agents to pose as jihadists and ensnare Americans suspected of backing ISIS, a.k.a. Islamic State, Daesh, or ISIL. I'm Adrian Slate. Thanks for tuning in. If you've listened to this show, you know I've referenced this article in the past regarding certain other incidents that have happened over time. But I think it's really important to emphasize and underscore again, giving the incidents that have happened as of late with what we're going to talk about in Boulder, Colorado. And uh, it's really interesting because you have to listen to this entire article because this takes place in 2016 and reference James Comey's FBI. This is the FBI that spent its time backing foreign intelligence surveillance court warrants against our own former president of the United States and some of his administration. FISA warrants that should not have been used upon its own citizens, spying and listening in on conversations with people that should not have been unmasked. Going back to the Business Insider article, on Thursday... Roughly 67% of prosecutions involving suspected ISIS supporters include evidence from undercover operations, according to the New York Times. In many cases, agents will seek out people who have somehow demonstrated radical views and then coax them into plotting an act of terrorism, often providing weapons and money. Before the suspects can carry out their plans, though, they're arrested, or so we hope. That's not in the article. I'm throwing that in there. That's my own view of this. But critics say that the FBI's tactics serve to entrap only individuals who would never have committed any violence without the government's instigation. Quote, they're manufacturing terrorism cases. Michael German, a former undercover agent with the FBI, who now researches national security law at New York University's Brennan Center for Justice, told The Times, Quote, these people are five steps away from being a danger to the United States. Increasingly, experts are worried that undercover operations of this kind infringe upon the rights of Americans. Stephen Downs, an attorney and founding member of Project Solemn, which gives legal support to Muslims, told Business Insider that, quote, the government has developed a technique of engaging targets in conversations of a somewhat provocative nature. And then trying to pick up on things the target says, which might suggest illegal activity, and then trying to push them into pursuing those particular activities. Downs also has said that the FBI often targets particularly vulnerable people, some of which are ones with mental disabilities. Very often, the FBI target people who are genuinely psychotic, who are taking medication, he said. Hmm, so they target mentally Instable people, people with mental disorders, huh, or mental issues. That's interesting. Last March, the Intercept profiled 25-year-old Sami Osmaik, 
who was broke and struggling with mental illness when he became a target of the FBI's sting operation. Quote, the FBI provided all of the weapons seen in Osamak's uh, Martinton video, The Intercept reported. The Bureau also gave him the car bomb allegedly he used to plan uh, or he planned to use to detonate and even the money for the taxi so he could get to where the FBI needed him to go. A recent study cited by BuzzFeed News examined undercover operations for signs of entrapment by looking at terrorism prosecutions dating back to 9-11. The study coded each case for up to 20 signals that an individual had been a victim of this kind of entrapment, such as whether the defendant had no previous involvement in terrorism or whether they had been given some kind of monetary incentive to commit a crime. The vast majority of the 317 cases involving undercover operations contain signs of entrapment. Countless legal challenges have been made against these prosecutions, and facts supporting the entrapment defense are pretty widespread. Jesse Norris, a, new, a legal scholar of SUNY, Fredonia, and the study's leader, told BuzzFeed News, While no cases have ever been thrown out on the basis of this kind of entrapment, judges have taken notice and raised concerns over the danger of entrapping otherwise innocent individuals in sting operations. Quote, I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that there would have been no crime here except the government instigated it, planned it, and then brought it to fruition, Judge Colleen McMahon of the U.S. District Court in Manhattan said in 2011. She was referring to the, quote, Newburg 4 case, a year-long operation that began with an informant infiltrating a Newburg, New York mosque and ended with the arrest of four men who tried to launch a missile at an air base and two synagogues. Three years later, Human Rights Watch released a report expressing concern over the law enforcement's discriminatory and overly aggressive investigations using informants, noting that targets for these operations are often chosen based on specific political or religious indicators, such as if they're Muslim. Huh. So that's from Business Insider. And that kind of sets up for what we dealt with pretty recently with the attack at the King supermarket in uh, Boulder, Colorado. So basically, news came across the wire. Do not go down to the King Super in uh, Avardia. I think it's somewhere in, near Boulder, Colorado, because of an active shooter situation. 911 here now. We're at King Supers in South Boulder, Table Mesa. We've got injured parties on the f ground. 911 now, people. We don't know if there's a shooter, active shooter somewhere. Could be in the store. Yeah, he went in there. He went in the store. He went right down there. Oh my God. Guys, we got people down inside King Supers. Look, there's. <laughs> Holy shit. So in that situation, you have individuals uh, 
filming, which they're not really helping people that are laying out in the parking lot or over by the cash register, uh, finding out whether they're injured, whether they're still alive. But they're filming so they can get a nice little video for you. They're talking to the elderly guy who's got his mask on out by the exit, and he's basically saying, I don't know what's going on. You hear gunshots from inside the store. The police are out there telling the uh, telling the assailant to put his weapons down and give himself up. Well, a day and a half goes by, and we don't find out the victims. We don't even find out the identity of the shooter. And you know what? One thing I'm really tired of with conservative media is this whole idea, well, we can't really give the name of the shooter out. We shouldn't be allowed to give the name of the shooter out. We don't want to make them famous. They ride off of fame, which is utter BS because what we are learning is, yes, they might, and there might be some credence to that, but at the same time, the other side of the coin, the news media, in protecting its narratives or creating narratives, are BSing us and not giving us the full story. And sometimes the name alone makes the difference. And so they finally release the name of the shooter. And it's, it's amazing how they did this. John Krashner, he said, at uh, Hotline Josh on Twitter, Boulder County DA on the murderer. He lived most of his life in the U.S. Beyond that, we're in the very early stages of the investigation to which they put out. Colorado supermarket shooter identified as 21-year-old Ahmed Alyssa. Ahmed Alyssa Milano? Uh, no. We come to find out later because they really spelled it like Alyssa Milano's first name. His last name was not Alyssa like Alyssa Milano. It was Ahmed Al-Dash-Issa, like Al-Zakarwi, like Al-Baghdadi, like Bashar Al-Assad. So we know there might be a little bit of an Islamic background to him. Come to find out he's Syrian. Apparently he's white Syrian. We're starting to learn there's a such thing as white Syrians, much like uh, George Zimmerman was a white Hispanic, much like the shooter at the Cascade Mall, uh, who was Turkish, was a Hispanic Turkish uh, shooter. Much like the, uh, uh, the community college shooter in, uh, in Pagua was a white-black mixed-race shooter. When he was black, they just made his face look extra white in the photos. And this guy, Al-Issa, not Eliza, Ahmed Al-Issa, um, he's not a Trump fan. Trump is such a prick, or actually begins with a D. Um, he actually tweeted that out on his social media, which they've scrubbed. We knew they were going to scrub it sooner or later, but social media has finally, you know, they scrubbed every bit of the evidence. Now, if it was a white supremacist, they would have left it up there for the news media to mine all day long, like Uyghurs at a lithium mining camp in China, digging for battery, uh, you know, components, um, but they scrubbed his media, his social media. Um, he put up there, Muslims might not be perfect, but Islam is. He also uh, had various other statements such as, yeah, if these racist Islamophobic people would stop hacking my phone and let me have a normal life, I probably could. Um, the news media kept saying that's just an angry white man like Hamal Javieri. She tweeted out, it's always an angry white man, always. <laughs> right. Um, she is actually with USA Today. 
Imagine that, USA Today. Um, pretty crazy. Tay Anderson, who is a Texas, I think he's with the Tech, uh, Texas, uh, no, he was in Denver. Denver school board member, actually might be the school board leader. Um, Aurora, Colorado, 12 dead. White male shooter escorted out alive. Charleston, South Carolina, nine dead. White male uh, escorted out alive. Atlanta, Georgia, eight dead. White male escorted out alive. Boulder, Colorado, 10 dead. White male escorted out alive. See a trend? Uh, Yeah, he was actually um, Syrian. Who actually quote? Who actually tweeted out the Muslims at Christchurch Mosque were not victims of a single shooter; they were the victims of the entire Islamophobia industry that vilified them. So that's what you're dealing with: the scrub of social media, the fact that they tried to change his name to be some sort of white Syrian. It's amazing what links they go to. But remember, this is the same FBI who dropped the ball on. A ton of cases. He was a known wolf, much like the FBI knew that uh, the individual who shot up the Parkland school. Remember that guy? Yeah, he was known by the FBI, too. (laughs) Nicholas Cruz, uh, the name suspected shooter who opened fire at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High was wanted by the FBI. A law enforcement official told CNN that the FBI had received two reports regarding potential threats of the shooter. Nothing done there. How about we go with the fact that the FBI investigated the Orlando mass shooter for 10 months? Nothing happened there. Remember the guy in New York and Manhattan driving the Home Depot car and drove over top all those people killing them? FBI knew who he was too. The FBI got, had gotten into San Bernardino shooter's uh, phone. Remember, he also, uh, they, they knew that the San Bernardino shooter at the Christmas party was going to kill these people. They knew in advance. The Las Vegas gunman, Stephen Paddocks, which we still don't know the motive for. Yeah, FBI had the goods on him. They also had the goods on his father who led a double life as a bank robber. And Nadal Hassan, who shot up the uh, the military base, he was known by the FBI. The FBI knew all these people, all these known wolves. There's more that the FBI knew of that for some reason they dropped the ball on. But now if you are a QAnon, proud Oath Keepers, MAGA guy, FBI is going to lock you up for the January 6th insurrection that never was. They're going to come after you like you wouldn't believe with guns blazing. <laughs> This is Adrian Slade. You know, you really have to wonder whether or not the FBI is allowing these incidents to occur. I mean, Southern Springs, remember the church shooting there? The church shooting that the individual came in with AR-15 and the person who saw what was going on came in and dis, you know, basically took down the assailant with an AR-15, the scary AR-15 or AR-14, as Joe Biden likes to call him. Um, so Southern Springs, Dylan Roof and the shooting at that church, the black church, um, all on the FBI radar. You have to wonder whether or not the FBI is manufacturing these cases and yet either not stopping them in time or allowing them to go on because we just read the article where... That's part of the FBI's tactics. 
Give them money, give them guns, give them car bomb accessories. And then say, here you go, here's a taxi ride on down. Because they don't have the same resolve or vigor as they do against QAnon, proud, oath keeper, patriots, MAGA guys. You know, capital insurgents. Listen to this from Gateway Pundit. Caught on video, FBI and DHS attempt to recruit former Green Beret to infiltrate and spy on Oath Keepers, Proud Boys, but he recorded the conversation. Jeremy Brown is a Green Beret and former Republican candidate for Congress's uh, Florida 14th Congressional District. Brown served in the U.S. Army from 1992 to 2012 and reached the rank of Special Force Uh, Special Forces Master Sergeant. Jeremy also attended the Stop the Steal protest in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. Jeremy joined the Oath Keepers in November and went to D.C. to provide security at the many protests and rallies that week. Earlier in the month, Jeremy Brown started speaking out about how the Department of Homeland Security and the FBI Joint Terrorism Task Force contacted him and attempted to recruit him to spy on patriots and everyday Americans. Jeremy released a video surveillance of the FBI contacting him at his home. And Jeremy released an audio recording of his actual meetup with the FBI. He struggled for months to about whether or not to go public with the information. But according to his Facebook page, quote, after listening to politicians and the FBI director, Christopher Wray, tell lie after bald face lie to the American people, he could no longer stay silent. Jeremy decided his desire to protect and defend the American people and the truth are more important than privacy or personal safety. So he joined Brandon Gray on on Band.TV to describe what happened to him after he joined the Oath Keepers in November. Jeremy explains in his recent video that the FBI called his cell phone and asked him for a meeting after trying to contact him at his house. Jeremy then met the FBI agents at a restaurant in Wybor City in December. He told Brandon Gray that 38 seconds into the interview, the FBI attempted to recruit him to spy on the Oath Keepers. He recorded the interview with the FBI in Florida, and he released the entire conversation to BanThis.TV. So, uh, huh, Oath Keepers seem to be such a big deal to the FBI. You know, the Proud Boys, which we talked about, uh, Enrique Torres, a Cuban-American, not exactly a white guy. And yet I had somebody say, well, you know, there's Cuban racism towards black Cubans, whatever. This guy's not a racist. I've heard plenty of interviews. He is somebody that is a part of the drinking crew that Gavin McInnes and those individuals started back up in New York, and they just love President Trump. Didn't like watching the Patriot Prayer Christian marches get stompeded and or curb stomped by Antifa. Came out to be a human shield, uh, human shield barrier, and if violence happened, they would fight back. I don't see anything wrong with that these days. We're at a point now where I would say, hey, I don't want it to go that far. But if they're going to shove through gun control, if they're going to shove through HR one removal of the Electoral College, if they're going to insist that tax dollars match campaign finance tax money that you pay in go into candidates that you don't support if you want the mail-in election ruse to be codified into law if you want them to turn around and try to push background checks what joe manchin actually knocked down thank goodness i don't know how much we have on him but if you want all that to happen um then you will be in support of of 
this fraudulent administration. But if you don't, <laughs> you have to wonder, um, can they just install an administration that rubber stamps multitudes of executive orders against the will of the people, then hide behind barbed wire fences, and then exploit the National Guard, putting them in parking garages to sleep, and using them as human shields, and then try to take away law-abiding citizens' arms away from them? I mean, it's crazy. They installed their leaders. They've allowed the selling and exploitation of humans to resume at the southern border. They've plundered our currency through exorbitant spending. And if you, do you think they won't grab the guns, even under highly unconstitutional methods, then you really haven't been paying attention. I mean, when somebody says, well, the FBI, they wouldn't be out there saying, hey, you know, we, we would allow people to get shot and killed. Um, they just destroyed your livelihood. They just killed your children's well-being and mental stability from being shoved out of the classroom into a home for a, an entire year. They wouldn't let you open your business. They wouldn't let you go to work. People committed suicide. People weren't able to get cancer screenings. Uh, you tell me they're going to shove old people in the nursing homes so that they can spread the coronavirus throughout the most vulnerable population in the country, which would pad the numbers and make the virus outbreak even look worse than it is. You tell me that they wouldn't push for that. You don't think they wouldn't take your guns. You don't think that they would want to allow innocents to die like Kevin Mahoney, God rest his soul, who was shot and killed at the uh, King's Super uh, supermarket. If you don't think that they would allow those things or you don't think they're capable of that, but yet they would do all these things. I don't put it past them. I could see them doing that to push a gun control measure. It's the deep state. They installed their leader. They're getting everything they want. They're rubber stamping everything. And you got idiots like Michael Moore, the life of Ahmed al Aliwi Alisa or al Isa shows that people can come from all over the world and truly assimilate to our beloved American culture, which I corrected it and said, uh, yeah, Ahmed Alisa shows that people can come from all over the world and truly assassinate our beloved American culture. Because this is what's going on. They're overreaching on a federal level against the states. And we've talked about in the last couple podcasts how the states are stepping up and fortifying everything that they can do whether it's DeSantis down there in Florida pushing back against big tech, whether it's transgender uh, issues being pushed in certain states to keep women on women's teams and men on men's teams, to keep women in, 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 the, in the proper bathrooms. And so you don't have men posing as women going into the men's room where little children, boys, and what have you are at. Whatever the case may be, you don't have men pretending to be women going into women's locker rooms so that your daughter is now defiled uh, at a sporting event or losing to them in the, you know, eight mile or whatever the case may be. These things are issues that are coming to a head, whether or not the government is going to overstep their over or if they're going to provide, well, if they're going to extend their overreach into states rights with HR one and things like that, if they're going to try to take your liberties away, then we need to stand and fight for it. I mean, think of it. The FBI messed up on this, and now it's your liberties, your rights that need to be subjected to being removed? And now they're out there saying, oh, well, you know, Ahmed al-Isi or al-Isa, 
he's a victim. He, his brother tells the shooter, uh, or, or the brother of the shooter tells CNN that he suffers from mental illness and was bullied in school for being a Muslim. People made fun of his name. I mean, it's, it's really sickening when you get into it. So, I mean, why should we allow law-abiding citizens to lose freedoms because the FBI is inept at doing their job? So we need to add more laws to the books that infringe upon our liberties that the FBI can fail to uphold even more miserably. And Federalist 46, James Madison, my favorite founder, he actually wrote in Federalist 46 the reason behind states' rights and also the reason behind why you as an individual should be armed on top of a military that is organized by the federal government. The fact that a well-regulated militia doesn't mean that it's a group of people that are uh, honed in and organized like a military fighting group. Well-regulated means individuals within the militia know how to use their guns, know how to clean them, know how to take care of them, know how to operate them. Well-regulating their arms in a group of people. So uh, let's see, Federalist 46. It has already been proved that the members of the federal will be more dependent on the members of the state governments than the latter will be on the former. This is states' rights that we're talking about. It has appeared also that the prepositions of the people on whom both will depend will be more on the side of the state governments than of the federal government, so far as the disposition of each towards the other may be influenced by these causes. The state governments must clearly have advantage. Were it admitted, however, that the federal government may feel an equal disposition with the state governments to extend its power beyond the due limits, the latter would still have the advantage in the means of defeating such encroachments. If an act of a particular state, though unfriendly to the national government, be generally popular in that state and should not too grossly violate the oaths of the state's officers, it is executed immediately and of course, by means on the spot and depending on the state alone. But ambitious encroachments of the federal government on the authority of the state governments would not excite the opposition of a single state or of a few states only. They would be signals of general alarm. Every government would espouse the common cause. A correspondence would be open. Plans of resistance would be concerted. One spirit would animate and conduct the whole. The same combinations, in short, would result from an apprehension of the federal, as was produced by the dread of a foreign, a yoke, and unless the only refuge left for those who prophesy the downfall of the state governments is the visionary supposition that the federal government may previously accumulate a military force of the projects of ambition. This is where we get into the federal makeup of the military, and then we get into why you as an armed citizen are, are encouraged to own arms, your right to bear arms, which should not be infringed even upon national registration databases, magazine capacities, uh, bullet taxes, whatever the case may be. Because that's where they're going with a lot of this. Um, the reasonings contained in this paper must have been employed to little purpose indeed, if it could be necessary now to disprove the reality of this danger. 
that the people and the states should, for a uh, sufficient period of time, elect an uninterrupted succession of men ready to betray both, that the traitors should throughout this period uniformly and systematically pursue some fixed plan for the extension of the military establishment, that the governments and the people of the state should silently and patiently behold the gathering storm and continue to supply the materials until it should be prepared to burst on their own heads. Must appear to everyone more like the incoherent dreams of a delirious jealousy or the misjudge exaggerations of the counterfeit zeal than like the sober apprehensions of genuine patriotism. Extravagant as the supposition is, let it however be made. Here's where we get into the military and then you as the armed citizen. Let a regular army, fully equal to the resources of the country, be formed. And let it be entirely at the devotion of the federal government. Still, it would not be going too far to say that the state governments, with the people on their side, would be able to repel the danger. The highest number to which, according to the best computation, a standing army can be carried in any country does not exceed one hundredth part of the whole number of souls or one twenty fifth part of the number of able to bear arms. So really, he's given you a ratio, a proportion that a group of military members, which we have, you know, it's a good population, uh, a good ratio of the population joining the military. But the people would outweigh that. Going on, this proportion would not yield in the United States an army of more than 25 to 30,000 men. Of course, that was the size back then. It's kind of grown bigger, but so is the population. To these would be opposed, listen to this, to these would be opposed a militia amounting to nearly half a million citizens with arms in their hands, officered by men chosen from among themselves, fighting for common liberties and united and conducted by governments possessing their affections and confidence, governments being state. It may well be doubted whether a militia thus circumstanced could ever be conquered by such a proportion of regular troops. Those who are best acquainted with the last successful resistance of this country against the British arms will be most inclined to deny the possibility of it. Besides the advantage of being armed, which the Americans possess over the, most, over the people of almost every other nation, the existence of subordinate governments to which people are attached and by which militia officers are appointed forms a barrier against the enterprises of ambition, which the ambition we're seeing right now with installed leaders and bureaucracies gone amok, spying on presidents and spying and investigating private citizens who are peaceably assembling on the Capitol lawn, uh, going after people who are in individual patriotic groups, allowing individuals with nefarious ideas based on religious fervor and religious uh, radicalization to go in and eliminate people all for the cause of their push for control. But I digress. <laughs> Besides the advantage of being armed, which the Americans possess over the people of almost every other nation, the existence of subordinate governments to which the people are attached and which the military officers are appointed forms a barrier against the enterprises of ambition more insurmountable than any which a simple government of any form can admit of. 
Notwithstanding the military establishments in the several kingdoms of Europe, which are carried as far as the public resources will bear, the governments are afraid to trust the people with arms. And it is not certain that with this aid alone, they would not be able to shake off their yokes. But were the people to possess the additional advantages of local governments chosen by themselves, who could collect the national will and direct the national force and of officers appointed out of the militia by these governments and attached both to them and to the militia, it may be affirmed with the greatest assurance that the throne of every tyranny in Europe would be speedily overturned in spite of the legions which surround it. Let us not insult the free and gallant citizens of America with the uh, suspicion that they would be less able to defend the rights of which they would be in actual possession. That's pretty key. Let us not insult the free and gallant citizens of America with the suspicion that they would be less able to defend the rights of which they would be in actual possession of than the debased subjects of arbitrary power would be to recuse theirs from their hands of their oppressors. Let us rather no longer insult them with the supposition that they with this, um, that they can ever reduce themselves to necessity of making the experiment by a blind and tame submission to the long train of insidious measures which must proceed and produce it. Publius, Federalist 46. I don't remember seeing anything about muskets. Did you see anything about muskets in there? Because that's the key. Oh, well, back then they said that, you know, they, they worry about muskets and, you know, we can't have Second Amendment rights because the founders didn't foresee the technological advances. They wrote this concerning muskets. No, they didn't. They wrote it concerning you being more armed to leverage your rights against a tyrannical government. It says it right there in Federalist 46. That's the reason behind the Second Amendment. And of course, the musket arm argument can be debunked with, well, social media, television, radio. That allows a number of First Amendment rights. Should we not allow that industry, those technological advances be used for these means? No First Amendment rights. We can't speak out on social media, on television, on radio, on blogs. We can't peaceably assemble through direct chat groups and through email list, through organizational tactics of social media. We can't petition our government through social media posts, emails to our, our leaders. I mean, all of these things are amendments. They are rights deemed by God that technological advances, whether it be the speedy loading of a semi-automatic weapon or social media giving you a louder voice than you would have had back when there was only a town crier, I would have to say that doesn't matter. It's the nuts and bolts of the foundation. I love this guy, Anthony V. Clark. What's a valid reason to own an AR-15? To where my buddy on Twitter, Fuzzy Chimp, at Fuzzy Chimp, uh, posted, well, what's a valid reason to own a 24-pack of beer? Right. I mean, I responded with, you should have to brew the beer in a wooden cup because that's what the founders envisioned. We're not allowed to have anything more than muskets. You got to sit in a corner and pack the gunpowder in with the big freaking stick because you're not allowed to have something technologically more advanced, you know, more, uh, more able to load efficiently 
You know, you can't drive your car. Uh, you have to go back to the Model A. You can't drive a car that is uh, got cruise control, automatic transmission. You know, it's efficient. We can't have Humvees, military-style vehicles out there for the general public to utilize. That's the, that is the crux of their argument. And they're coming after the guns, and they're coming after your ability to hold leverage against the government. Everything they've done since the beginning of the coronavirus, these, we've all seen the encroachment on control measures going back for years, for decades. They kind of put the hammer down at the beginning of 2020 when you got 10 years left to the global union, the United Nations of Davos, the UN 2030 agenda. They knew, oh, if I get Trump in there, there's four more years down the drain that we can't inch away at control. So let's sign 46 executive orders ruining oil independency or oil dependency. Let's let's ruin the southern border and allow coyotes to take child traffickers and drug cartels to run terrorists and drugs through the southern border. Let's go ahead and try to take the leverage away from the citizenry while we hide behind a fence, a barbed wire fence with military, National Guard stolen from every other state and put in parking garages while we just go ahead and reshape the government in our image. That's what we're dealing with. And it's going to come to a head where somebody's going to snap and they want that to happen. That's why there's a push against white people and white fragility and white supremacy because they want somebody to snap so they can do like they did with the Capitol riots and say, see, these people are dangerous. Get rid of them. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. Check out the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, TuneIn, Overcast, iHeart. Check out the blog, adriansladeshow.com. Get the free Roku channel in your streaming store. Search Adrian Slade Show, and you can donate to the show financially if you wish. Only a couple bucks. Anchor.fm slash Adrian Slade slash support. And call to leave a message on the show. 929-GO-GO-USA. 929-GO-GO-USA. God bless. God bless.